It's time for this week's edition of Sports the Show. Show, by the way, where I talk about sports. Gonna be very entertaining. We got some news. We got some combat news, motorsports news. We got lots of news this week. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Sports the Show, and it'll be starting right now. Uh, before we begin, I'd like to apologize. I've been having a rough time speaking today. So, it's nothing serious. I just have been having many brain farts while speaking in the microphone. I've had to re- try and record this episode about five different times per segment, but we're going to start with the main news of the week, ladies and gentlemen. The Last Dance series is complete. Very entertaining series, episode 9 and 10. They focused on Chicago versus the Utah Jazz in the 97-98 NBA Finals. The Bulls versus the Pacers in the 98 Eastern Conference Finals were also focused on. We learned about Michael and the flu game actually being a food poisoning game. Here's what Jordan said. Basically, five people brought him a pizza. He ate all the pizza. He got sick the next morning. It has been insinuated that the pizza was spiked and gave him food poisoning, which is not the flu. It's a difference. Uh, there have been many other reports saying that there were only like two people who delivered it or that the pizza wasn't even spiked. According to a pizza chef in Utah, he says that he was the one who made the pizza. He was a Chicago fan, made sure nothing was done to that pizza. We honestly don't know because we weren't there. So you can keep hearing varying reports about it. And we will keep probably hearing more varying reports about it. And we won't get it from Michael because Michael doesn't talk to the media that much. A very cool thing that we got to see this episode was his relationship with security guard Gus Lett. Gus Lett became Jordan's father figure after... James Jordan, I'm pretty sure that's Mike's dad's name. Well, James was murdered after the 94. Because his dad was murdered, then Jordan retired. Then went to baseball. The baseball happened. It was okay. And then now we're back to where we started. Actually, it was the 93. Excuse me. I I can do the math because there's the 94 lockout. We're doing this all out of memory, by the way. I'd just like to point out that. But yep, Gus Lett emerged as a father figure for Michael. Again, said dad was killed. Now he has a new father figure, Gus Lett. Gus passed away in the early 2000s due to cancer. As I've done for the last five episodes, what was the best part, you might ask, in my opinion? It was the media chasing Dennis Rodman down a hallway. First of all, those media people were a bit faster than I expected. They really wanted to talk to Dennis Rodman after Dennis Rodman. Well, he skipped a practice and then was on Monday Nitro for WCW in Michigan. You know, back when wrestling had fans and actually traveled. This was 2000s. Wait, no, that wasn't 2000s. I'm an idiot. That was the 90s, baby. Yep, best part, literally having Dennis Rodman chase down a hallway. 
Major League Baseball's in the news once again. They announced a safety proposal. You're going to hear a lot of safety proposals coming out. I swear, we keep getting a new safety proposal like every single day. But here we go. This one was announced on Saturday. Which is six days before this episode will be released. Because today is Friday when we film it. Because we film it every single Friday. Release it to you Saturday evening. If we have problems, it gets released Saturday night. But that is not the point. I digress. Major League Baseball, they announced a safety proposal that includes the use of about 10,000 COVID-19 tests weekly. That is a lot of tests, by the way. It really is. Teams will be allowed to have 50 players each. But players and team personnel not playing will have to sit in the stands separated by at least six feet. High fives, fist bumps, hugs, spitting, chewing, sunflower seeds, and tobacco use. Er, that's banned. Bad hammer that. That was the bad hammer getting put down. I wish I could edit audio in here right now. I'll do. I'll figure out how to do that one day. Do not worry. We're going to make this. I'm going to say by the end of 2020. This podcast is going to sound a lot better because I will have had more experience. But like I said, I digress. A ball is going to be thrown away after being touched by multiple players. Throwing up balls around the infield is discouraged. So I guess you can't throw the ball from first to third anymore. But oh well. I guess it's going to be a lot of trying to bomb it to the outfield or just having... First, second, or third catching the ball. That's what's going to have to happen. Again, this all needs to be confirmed by the MLBPA. And if it's not safe, then we can't even have the events, by the way. Showering at the stadium. Showering in the stadium after games is discouraged. The riding of rideshare cars like Ubers or Lyfts or taxis is banned. Players have to wear a mask everywhere. When they are playing, they don't have to wear a mask, however. But everywhere else in the stadium, they have to wear a mask. Spring training would be in three phases, with pitchers and catchers arriving first, then position players, then a limited number of exhibition games would take place. Bam, there you go. They're going to have to basically reset the season back to early February. Where they had spring training, then they got a spring training again, and then they can finally do it. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. I don't know if this can happen. I really don't. But you want to know why it will actually happen if it does? Money. Money speaks volumes. And at the end of the day, we're not going to have a strikeout because... It'll cost too much for the MLB players. The MLB players are already being perceived now as the villain because they don't want to be paid 50-50. They want to be paid entirely now. But the owners are now going to try and be like, well, we're trying to give them 50-50. That seems pretty fair. Yeah, it's not really f- I can see how it could be considered fair. I can see how it could be considered fair. With negotiations and stuff being like, no, that's not how it works. You guys don't get 50% of revenue. And like I said, fans drive the money. So even if it's not safe, there's going to be a, one of our league cities is going to try and get league games to start. And could be successful because like I said, at the end of the day, money drives all leagues. 
it's not going to be the NBA, but I feel like Major League Baseball or the NFL or even college football. College football is actually most likely going to be the one that even if it's not safe, they're going to still try and have the games played because money drives everything. It's a bit negative. We now go to positive. What's the happiest place in the world? Well, according to Disney, it's Disney World. Disney World has emerged now as the front runner for a bubble city. Again, for those who don't not know, a bubble city is a city where all the teams are quarantined in the same city and only play games in that one city. Fans would not be allowed. Family members wouldn't be allowed. Players are allowed to leave, but are will have to be highly tested. And they don't really want them to leave, but they still are allowed to leave. Now, you might be asking yourself, wait, hold on. I thought we already knew about this. Well, according to Yahoo, it is becoming more apparent that Disney World will host games because they've reportedly begun the early stages of preparing some of its hotel spaces for potential housing of the NBA and its needs. CBS Sports reports Las Vegas remains a possibility to serve as a single site host as well. The NBA remains hopeful for games to tip off by mid-July, but there's no word on whether they would go straight to the playoffs or finish the the regular season. June 1st, the NBA is going to be having another one of those conference calls. June 1st, we're going to find out more information. I doubt we're going to find out if it starts on July 4th. They're going to, we're going to probably find that out at the end of June. That's my prediction. We get predictions here. They're almost always wrong. But anyway, we still get predictions. The SEC is in the news. Because they announced the athletes will be able to use campus facilities for voluntary workouts with the workouts under strict supervision by university staff. The universities are also allowed to develop their own COVID safety guidelines. The presidents and the chancellors were the ones who made the final decision. The conferences released this statement, quote, June 8th begins the transition period that will allow athletes to gradually adapt to full training and sports activities after this recent period of inactivity. Under plans developed by each university and consistent with the state and local health directives, certain activities will be permitted based on the ability to participate in a controlled and safe environment while also maintaining social distancing guidelines and the quote. Commissioner Greg Sankey told ESPN to get up on Friday that the health and safety of athletes has been at the forefront of all the conferences, conversations, and that the league has formed a medical task force to explore COVID-19-related issues. Sankey says the timeline of athletes and staff returning to school, quote, may vary from campus to campus, end quote. All this, by the way, comes after the NCAA announcing on Wednesday that Division I athletes in football and basketball, may begin to return to their university to begin voluntary workouts. Louisville's the only ACC team currently saying that June 8th they're going to go back and the SEC will go back. This isn't forced, by the way. Voluntary workouts. We need to, we're going to highlight that right now. Voluntary is very important. There may be some pressure possibly from people around the city because, you know, at the end of the day, people don't really care about the athletes as much. They want just their sports back, which is why I still think 
the NCAA is going to return, even if it's not as safe. Because, like I said, money drives everything. There you go. There is your main news of the week. You got some predictions, too. You're going to want to make sure you write down those predictions. And then when I'm wrong, you can send uh, I was an idiot. We cut out. Uh, basically, send me a voice message with the Anchor app. That's all I wanted you guys to do. Ding, ding, ding. It's time for combat news. Our combat news update begins with Conor McGregor says he will beat my Floyd Mayweather in a rematch. On Twitter, McGregor received praise from Mike Tyson on Mike's podcast, Hot Boxing with Mike Tyson. They, the podcast posted like a 90-second clip from that week's podcast with Floyd giving him praise. Excuse me, not Floyd, Mike giving McGregor praise. There we go. McGregor went on Twitter and then said, quote, Thank you, Mike, and just know that for the inevitable rematch with the knowledge I now hold of Floyd's style, plus under the tutelage of my old-school boxing coach, I will crack the puzzle and I will beat Floyd. I promise my life on it. It's great to see you back, Iron Mike. He later said, quote, it was a great contest. I just watched it back. Early rounds, all mine. And even later rounds, where legs were gone, all mine. He didn't say all mine, but that's basically what he was thinking. I still outlanded him. I received my credit from many notable names in the boxing world, which I was thankful for. None more so than from Mike, excited for part two, end quote. Wow. Is there going to be a second one? I honestly don't think so. really don't. I feel like Mayweather is at the point of his career where if he has a chance to win, excuse me, a chance to lose, he might not want to take that fight. That's why he waited till really Pacquiao wasn't as good anymore. Now, Pacquiao's good. Don't get me wrong. He just wasn't. Old Pacquiao from the early 2000s. Nor was Floyd. They both aren't. I don't want to see that fight. What I do want to see is Mike Tyson come back. I really do. He he is like... I feel like Mike Tyson will come back, actually. Tell you this. End of 2021, Mike will have had a fight. Calling it now. We go from boxing to UFC. Next UFC event taking place. Had the main event announced as Tyron Woodley taking on Gilbert Burns. Dana White hopes the fight can take place at the UFC Apex Arena in Nevada. But if Nevada won't let them fight, then the fight will take place in Arizona. A very promising news coming from Nevada, though. The Nevada State Athletic Commission, or NSAC, as it's easier to say, has scheduled their first meeting since it suspended combat sports in March. Now, I'm asking yourself, that's not important. It really is, because NSAC are the ones who approved UFC or top-ranked fights in Vegas. So the Nevada State Athletic Commission can allow UFC to have the fight in the Apex Arena, and then the fight can take place with the main event of UFC Fight Night on May 30th. By the way, they announced the card... Actually, today, there are a total of 
11 total fights. There really are. There are going to be a total of 11 fights. And by the way, this coming out just minutes before recording this, Dana White saying, quote, obviously, that's a fight people would love to see. And these guys talking a lot of smack back and forth. I don't see the fight happening. Now I'm asking yourself, what fight are we talking about? Francis Ngannou and John Jones had a Twitter feud. Well, Dana White checked out that fight's not going to happen. I guess Fight Island will be actually happening, though, because you want to know what Dana White said. He said, quote, we're going to literally... We're literally going to knock out three to four cards there in a month, he said. And I'm going to stay on the island for a month. I'll probably be there the whole month of July. End quote. I really hope he isn't lying, really. I really hope he isn't lying, because then... I'll be disappointed. Fight Island seems like it could be very entertaining. Even when we can have fans back, Fight Island seems like it'd be entertaining. Well, there we go. There is our combat news update. Have you heard of Anchor? It is the easiest way to make a podcast. It's a free way to make a podcast. You don't have to pay You can edit the podcast on your phone or computer. Anchor distributes your podcast to many places, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And you can make money from your podcast with barely any listens. You can download the free Anchor app today or go to anchor.fm to get started. Motorsports, they are back. NASCAR at least is back. Actual NASCAR's back. I cannot believe it. Boy, was it an interesting weekend. The weekend began in Darlington. Well, it was in Darlington the whole weekend, but it began on Sunday. Very entertaining race, by the way. Ricky Stenhouse Jr., he wrecked lap one. He did. Lap one, he wrecked. Then later in the race, Jimmy Johnson was about 100 feet from the finish line for a stage one win now. You might be asking yourself, well, what's a stage one mean? If you don't know what stages are in NASCAR, the race is divided into three separate parts. And then the top ten of those, then the top ten will get points, which will help them for the playoffs for NASCAR. It's basically, they race the entire time, but you get points like a third of through the way race. And you want to get in first place because those will help you get in the playoffs and get you a higher seed, and then you can't be eliminated very quickly. Anyway, so Jimmy Johnson was hit by Chris Buescher, the number 17, 100 feet from the finish line, and was out of the race. Many people were saying Jimmy Johnson was going to win. By the way, NASCAR had just tweeted like three minutes before, Jimmy Johnson's in the lead, will it be his night? And then he got hit. I'm blaming NASCAR on Twitter. It's your fault, NASCAR Twitter. You might be asking yourself, who's the winner of the race? Kevin Harvick. He led 159 laps, by the way. There were, only, there were like 280-something laps. There were a total of 11 lead changes and 10 cautions. This is Harvick's second Darlington win and 50th career win all time. He's the 14th NASCAR driver to win 50 races. The second race was supposed to be an Xfinity Series Cup race. 
That was postponed to Thursday because of rain and storms from Tropical Storm Arthur. By the way, speaking of tropical storms, I'd like to point this out. Uh, in the Pacific Ocean, there's going to be a tropical storm polo, but in the Atlantic Ocean, there's going to be a tropical storm Marco. Marco Polo thought that was pretty cool. Anyway, so because the second race was postponed, on Wednesday, they had a race, which was already scheduled. That's the second race of the week. By the way, very entertaining. However, rain was an issue. They had a rain delay to start. They didn't get to race, though. It was pretty dang awesome. Uh, I'm going to be honest. I didn't watch that race. I watched the first race on TV, but I listened to the second race with the Motor Racing Network on radio. So that was a different experience. Haven't I've been starting to listen to more races on the radio because I'm trying to support my radio brethrens. This isn't radio, but it's the same thing. Because podcast is radio that doesn't lie. I'm digressing. You want to hear about the race? You do. Okay, we're going to talk about it. Well, there was lots of raining, and it even rained during the race. So they didn't get to finish the race. The race ended with a checkered flag, but it was also a red flag, and then the race finished because too much rain. Your winner was Stanley Hamlin, by the way. It was the Toyota 500. By the way, a fox ran onto the track. They like... It started raining... They ended the race, and then a fox ran on the track. I don't know why. Chase Elliott looked like he was going to get in first place, by the way, before the race ended. But then he was hit by Kyle Busch. Kyle says it was unintentional. The footage looks like it was intentional. I, I can't say it was or wasn't. Well, Elliott didn't appreciate that. If you haven't seen this, then you, you don't follow most sports at all. Because guess who got the one-finger salute? Kyle Busch got the one-finger salute. And then, like, didn't immediately get in the ambulance. He, like, got out of the car, yelled some stuff, I'm guessing, and then gave the middle finger, one-finger salute to Kyle Busch. He didn't get punished, by the way. And I agree. You can't punish them. Congrats, Kyle Busch, uh, according to that, because Chase, Chase Elliott is the most popular NASCAR driver, according to the fans. That's something I noticed on Twitter pretty quickly. Twitter was not happy. And uh, congratulations to Kyle Larson. You are now not the most hated Kyle in NASCAR to NASCAR fans. That'd be Kyle Busch. They were not happy. I'm not saying Kyle Larson did a good thing. That was a bad joke, and I'm sorry. Yeah, so Wednesday Night Racing, very entertaining. They should continue to do that. But here's my thing. I don't want them to do it when this gets back to normal. I'm okay doing it during the summer. But like during winter months, no. During fall, no. Summer races, good. I like summer night NASCAR races. During the day, no. I'm a bit busy those times. I can't do it. Can't do it. It'd be sad. It was entertaining, though, by the way. Uh, also, many people saying Darlington should get two races a year. Here's my thing. I don't like when racetracks get more than one or 
two races a year. Now, I'm okay with Daytona having the two races. Cause the Daytona 500 is elite. So, it's basically the number one tier. Like, for any car, I'm okay if they have two Indianapolis races. I'm okay if you have double headers. But I'm not okay with having three Indianapolis Motor Speedway races. Seems like a bit much. You're taking away spots from other races. Also, I feel like Pocono might be taken away. I know Chicago Land, I've heard that one might be taken off schedule. Pocono makes everyone mad. They might have to actually close that racetrack. Not gonna really get into it. People don't like Pocono though. They really don't. Three turns, lots of people get into the fences. You know what? I just spent like two minutes yelling about NASCAR, and I didn't even talk about really any of the racing. Basically, Denny Hamlin won the race. Hamlin led only 12 laps. 13 drivers, by the way, led at least one lap. I didn't get the amount of yellows because NASCAR, your system of telling me stuff is confusing. Denny Hamlin also wore on his face mask. It had a, a smiling face on it. It was his smile. They photoshopped his smile onto the mask, and then it was like he didn't even have a mask on. It looked like it was literally cut off, and then they saw it on a different like face on him, like a different mouth. That was kind of weird. That was, I was getting some weird vibes from there, man. Not going to lie. Not going to lie, indeed. See, I can speak fancy with my vibe speaking. I just lost all of my listeners there anyway. It's fine. Moving on, we now go to the Xfinity Series race. I wasn't going to talk about this, but then I realized it was an exciting race. I listened to it again. Motor Racing Network. I enjoyed it. Most of you guys probably won't enjoy it, but uh, I enjoyed listening to the race. Anyway, the Xfinity Series race, the Toyota 200. Your winner, Chase Briscoe. Hey, Chase, at least one Chase won. This is Chase's fourth career win. 55 races, Aces in Indiana native, and the 2016 ARCA Series champion. He won by 0.8 seconds over Kyle Busch. By the way, Kyle Busch is going to be competing in like all of the NASCAR races over this span, but we got to talk about something real quickly. This was an emotional win for Chase. This comes days after Chase Briscoe announced to the world his wife had a miscarriage. If I'm not mistaken, it was that Tuesday when everything was, like, shut down for NASCAR. And then, you look, he announced it two days ago, so that would be Wednesday. It was Wednesday. What's it? It was Wednesday. I just checked his Twitter when he announced it. So... Here's what his life was like last week. Tuesday, he doesn't get the race. Wednesday, his wife has a miscarriage. And then less than 24 hours later, he has to go and race again. And then he wins. It was an emotional victory lane for him. It really was. I think this was one of the first times I've seen lots of people actually rooting for one guy to win. I mean, let's face it, he's not the greatest driver in Xfinity Series history. He's not the best one there this year, and I'm not 
discrediting anything from him. I'm just saying he isn't the leader. He doesn't have the most race wins. He only has four and 55 starts. Still very good. Going to be a great driver in the future. But to have to race after your wife has a miscarriage and then winning, that is something I could not ever imagine doing. I really couldn't. While I spend enough time talking, let's talk for about a minute more. The next race is going to be the Coca-Cola 600 in Charlotte, North Carolina. It's going to be taking place at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Times on Fox Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Qualifying will take place at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. All this is going to be broadcasted on the Motor Racing Network. If you want to listen to the Motor Racing Network, there's an app called Simple Radio. You just search Motor Racing Network up on there, and then you can listen to the race there. Or you can listen to it on your radio. I don't think I received that race on my radio, so I had to download an app. Well, there you go, guys. Uh, this Motorsports Update, about as long as the normal main news of the week, but it's fine. Ladies and gentlemen, coming up next, non-sports news of the week involving watermelons. You're not going to want to miss the story. I've been talking about it a couple of times. What do you mean, watermelons? What does it involve? We move to Louisa, Virginia. This story comes credit of WRIC in Virginia. Here we go. A suspect has been arrested after police sought the public's help in identifying two people suspected of stealing from a Virginia convenience store. And that's normal. You know, uh, People steal stuff all the time. It's not a good thing, but it's not really shocking. What is shocking is people wearing watermelons on their heads. I kid you not. You need to search Virginia watermelon crime. I'm going to search that right now. And then you're going to find articles on there. Literally, these people, they wore watermelons on their head, robbed a convenience store. Only one of them has been found, by the way. This was on May 5th. They only found one of them. It was Justin M. Rogers, a 20-year-old. By the way, you might be asking yourself, what did they steal? Well, he stole alcohol. The 20-year-old stole alcohol. So we can only assume that the other person who's not been found yet was underage and wanting alcohol. Here's the official story. The Louisa Police Department said two people arrived at the store in a lifted 2006 black Toyota Tacoma on May 5th. They wore hollowed-out watermelons with the holes cut out for their eyes in the store. Justin M. Rogers, who was 20 at the time of the crime, has been charged with wearing a mask in public while committing larceny, underage possession of alcohol, and petite larceny. That is, by the way, correct. Petite larceny of alcohol. Louisa Police are still trying to identify the second subject. Suspect. I'm going to show that I'm a nerd, but this takes me back to Minecraft. It really does. Like in Minecraft, you used to be able to stick a pumpkin on your head, and then you could see through triangles for your eyes. That was what they had to deal with when they robbed the store. Just tiny eye hole covers taken out. 
We'll now move to a positive story of the week. Chad Johnson, mostly known by Chad Ultracinco. He's a former Cincinnati Bengal. He likes to show us that he is a nice person. First thing he did, well, he recorded a video of him at Applebee's paying, and then it's like, how much of a tip would you like to leave? Well, he kept clicking up and getting hundreds and hundreds of dollars, and like he basically, when the video ended, he had left a three like three hundred percent tip, and it wasn't even done yet. Nope. He actually left a $1,000 tip at a Florida restaurant that had just reopened. On the receipt, he also left a message, by the way, which says, quote, congrats on reopening. Sorry about the pandemic. Hope this helps. I love you. We live in a world where there's a lot of negative stories. There really is. To see this happen is amazing. I totally support you guys tipping lots of money to these local restaurants. Now, I'm not going to tip $1,000. I don't have $1,000 to tip. I'm not a rich athlete. But I like when these people do this. This takes me back to a few weeks ago. You know, we have a story just like this, by the way. I got to find it. So you see this sometimes, and you always just love seeing these positive stories of these NFL players or other celebrities helping people because we need help. We need help really, really bad. You know, this is nightmare. I've, I said this. May 12th, everything shut down in sports world. And I told myself this. When will this nightmare end? This nightmare has just gotten worse. Greg Rakestraw is a commentator. He said this best. We went from 60 to 0 in a flash. That is just perfectly summing up what happened. I mean, it's true. We did go. We had everything happening. Everything was awesome. And then we lost everything happening. It was sad. I'm sad. I miss everything. We are going to get through this, though. You want to know why? Because I believe in you. That's all for this week's episode of Sports The Show. The closing statement is going to be coming up very short. I'd like to apologize. Now, um, this episode may have seemed a bit negative. I need to get out. I'm going to start running. I've been stuck too long. I need to get out. I need to. I'm going to start working out by running every single day. So actually, I believe after this, I'm going to have an interview with my guest. I was going to put him in this week's episode. We're going to release that as a bonus episode, okay? So I'm going to be trying something new. I'm going to be seeing which one's more popular. Do you guys listen to interviews more or me more? And if you listen to the interviews more, then I might just actually separate them. So, ladies and gentlemen, this has been an amazing week of sports, the show. Just know, I don't know most of you, but thank you. Thank you guys for listening to this. I haven't said this yet, but we've officially passed 100 episode listens. I'm looking at the live statistics right now. We've had 113 total episode plays. 
Thank you to everyone. I don't care if you just click on it and don't listen. Thank you if you have listened to it. If you have supported the show, thank you. I enjoy doing this for you, and I hope you guys enjoy listening to me complain about sports. I would have never thought that I would have even had 100 episode plays. I know it's not 100 people listening, but to have 100 episodes of mine played is just crazy. Thank you for listening to the show. Remember, the show's available on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Radio Public, Pocket Casts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. We have a YouTube channel. Going to be posting an interview on there. Like I said, I'm going to tell you guys now, we're only being ties about golf. We're going to be doing it tonight. We're going to be posting it as a bonus episode, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to, like I said, be trying that for something new. So the YouTube channel is Sports The Show on YouTube. Add actually Sports on Twitter. You got to do that. Please, please, please leave a voice message. No one's done that. Go on Twitter, search Max G Sports, find the pinned tweet. You can even search Max G Sports if you don't even have Twitter. You can find Max G Sports. Then, well, you got to search Max G Sports Twitter on your Google. Search it that way. Okay, I've got. Well, man, I just would like to point out that actually, if you search Maxi Sports on Twitter, you're going to find our anchor website. You're going to want to click on that anchor website and you can leave a voice message there. I just found myself on Google, which is amazing. It really is. I can't believe it. I've made it. I'm now on Google. I'm thrilled. You want to search Max G Sports on Twitter? If you don't have Twitter, search Max G Sports Twitter on whatever search platform you use. You'll find my Anchor website for sports. The show you can leave a voice message at the Anchor website. You're gonna to want to do that. Leave us voice message. I will play any voice message. I don't care, unless of course it's offensive, like racist or sexist or any of that stuff. Or if it's just dumb. I had someone actually send me a voice message once. It was a nine-second clip of audio that made no sense. It was a... It sounded like a documentary for history. That's what I think it was. So don't don't abuse the system, please. Just leave a voice message. We will play your voice message. I will answer your question. Leave a question with your voice message. Pretty simple there. Support your local businesses. I spent too long yelling about sports and nothing. Okay, seriously, guys, you gotta support your local businesses. Bye, Jeffard. Order delivery, order takeout. Make sure you wash your hands. Stay safe, please. Stay safe, please. I'm begging you, stay safe, please. Check on your family. If they're not immediately with you, just make sure you can like send them a message or call them. Just checking in on them. We will get through this. We always do. Thank you. See you guys next week. This has been Sports the Show. Hasta luego. Bye-bye.